0: are you in john chapter 11 verse one all right now a certain man was sick lazarus of bethany the town of mary and her sister martha and we will skip the 40 something verses we see martha and mary actually ask jesus to come and heal lazarus jesus doesn't show up jesus comes later and then verse 33 now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I want to speak about three states that a person can find themselves in especially a christian the first state is when you're sick the second one is when you die and the third one is when you come back to life but you come back bound so i just gave you the full message let's pray we can be done with now when you're sick lazarus was not a witch doctor He was a friend of Jesus and he got sick and when he got sick, Martha and Mary got worried and they realized that if he doesn't get treated, if he doesn't get cured, if this thing doesn't leave, Lazarus is going to die and eventually Lazarus who didn't get treated, he died. And when he died, he became clothed with grave clothes and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. I want to start from the beginning. I believe tonight God wants to do deliverance on people. He wants to set the captives free. I believe tonight he wants to bring prodigals back home. I believe tonight the Lord also wants to wake some people up who are about to spiritually die. And I believe that tonight also God wants to lose people. Tomorrow during our uh, second service where I'm going to be ministering, I'm going to be ministering more on the topic of uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all of this stuff. But tonight I want to do the first work that I sense in my spirit and that is to call people to repentance and to call people to deliverance. Lazarus is sick. A sick is a state of a Christian that's not dead but it's also not living. Sick is the state of a Christian that's on the fence, has enough of the world to not enjoy God, and has enough of God not to enjoy the world. Sick is the state of a Christian that says how close to hell I can get without going there. Sick is a Christian who will dress like a stripper on the Halloween and say, there is no Bible verse against celebrating Halloween. Sick is a Christian that will say, well, the Bible says that we should not get drunk, but as long as I drink and don't get drunk, I am okay. And they become a sipping Christian. Who then becomes a tripping Christian. Who then becomes a Christian that spiritually dies. Sick. Still alive. But sick. Sick is a complacent Christian. Sick is a contemporary. Driven by culture. Is filled with what the culture says Christians should be. So afraid to offend their unbelieving Christians that they will tattoo their body, fill their mouth with alcohol, smoke weed, but take pride in the fact that when they were 15, they prayed a sinner's prayer. Sick is a Christian who comes to church because it's what you do on Sunday morning. But they're not in him, they're only in church. They're not in the Holy Spirit, but they're only in church. Sick is a Christian who flirts with sin instead of fleeing sin. And they simply say, well, you know, I'm not like hooked on porn. I just watch it every other week, but I'm not like addicted. I can quit it anytime. Sick is a Christian who's more afraid of COVID than going to hell. Sick is a Christian who will wear a mask but not muzzle their mouth. Sick is a Christian is somebody who plays games with God and who claims to have a relationship with God but doesn't have a reverence for God. Sick. Anybody can get sick. I got sick many times physically in my life. A lot. And you probably also got sick many times in your life. But what happens when you get sick... You start paying extra attention to your body and you go into this mode. You start looking for medicine. You start looking for a doctor. You start looking for help because you know, if you don't treat this sucker, this sucker is going to take your life. And though I've been sick with many sicknesses before, because I treated those sicknesses, those sicknesses didn't land me in a graveyard. Every Christian can and will get sick once in a while. My problem today and my challenge, what I want to provoke you today is if your temperature is high, spiritually. Means if your temperature spiritually, if your love for God has gotten cold. If you remember a day when you loved God more than today, you're sick. I'm not saying you're dead. You are already dying. And my desire today and the call that I feel is strong in my spirit is to wake you up and to say, listen, find an Advil, find a doctor, find a nurse, find something. Do not stay sick because you will not stay sick. You will die. I don't care what your theological Calvinistic preference is, or if you've been to a reformed theology so you believe that a Christian cannot lose their salvation, you can believe all you want. But I can tell you one thing, if you don't treat your spiritual sickness, you will spiritually die. The Bible says those who are complacent, Jesus spits them out. The Bible says a branch that does not abide dries up and dies and gets thrown into the lake of fire. The Bible says a man who buries his talent, he doesn't go to heaven. He gets thrown out into our darkness. That tells me that you can be a Christian and if you don't treat your spiritual complacent state, it will churn to a place where you are not sick anymore. You are dead. I can feel it. When I get sick, it comes on me. I become irritable. I become tempted faster. The name Jesus doesn't mean anything. Devotion goes to sleep. I don't fast. The only thing I fast is the Bible. Prayer is very quick. The Word of God is just for the check mark and the moment I begin to notice that it's three days or four days and something is off, I know one thing, I have to pull back, I have to stop and I have to go back to my doctor, I have to go back to get recalibrated. This happened this week. Where on Sunday night, you know, I ministered last week in Los Angeles. A few days before that I was in Tennessee and ministering, ministering, ministry on the go, on the go. And then we came late. I'm in the full-time seminary as well. So my homework was due on Saturday night. And even though I am in Bible college and I, I need to read this book, I need to read this book. Early on Sunday morning, I'm going for one service, second service and third service. And, and by Sunday afternoon, I feel like a machine. Instead of a person that is in love with God. And I remember I tell my wife and I said, babe, I'm leaving. I said, I'm going to go out of town for a few nights. I have to stop everything that I'm doing. Why? Because life is going faster. I'm growing faster than my intimacy with God. And that terrifies me. And when I feel that I'm getting that, I have to stop from everything that I'm doing and say, I need to get alone with God. Because while you might not know, I can't fool me. I can't fool my wife and I can't fool the Holy Spirit. So I want to challenge you here right now today. If you find yourself bench watching, if you find yourself numb, if you find yourself aimlessly scrolling for hours, a TikTok feed, but it's been three days since you've opened the Bible. If you find yourself that you are growing in all the wrong areas, if you find yourself that the old demons you got delivered from us seems to come back, I want to warn you Lazarus, that just because you're a friend of Jesus, it does not mean you're not not. not going to die. Just because your daddy is a bishop and your mama is a prophet, it doesn't mean that you're not going to die. If you don't treat that complacency, if you don't repent today, if you don't get rid of that thing that is causing you to be sick, you will slowly die. Guess what happens when we die? Sick is when you still feel the conviction. When you're dead, you don't feel it anymore. And there are some here today, you're not sick. You're actually dead. Everything I'm speaking is going into one ear right now. Is actually coming out of the other one as fast as it's coming in. Even as I'm speaking, you already know everything. Because you probably even have maybe a theological degree. I call them Pentecostal Pharisees. Pharisees knew everything about Jesus and didn't know him. When the wise men came and said, Where is the king of the Jews? Pharisees had the answer, the Bible verse, and the quote. Except they didn't move a finger to go actually and see him. That's what I call a Pentecostal Pharisee. I know everything about the Holy Spirit. I know Bara Mazda, Shura, Barahanda, but I don't know the Holy Spirit because I'm watching porn, because I'm living in sin. Because I am not being committed to God. I am desensitized, meaning I don't feel any conviction. I don't feel any guilt. I can watch porn and feel absolutely nothing. It's almost like I wipe my mouth and say, well, I just satisfied some kind of a desire. I don't feel the need to go and confess my sin. I don't have a sense even of guilt anymore. You, there is no conviction. I don't feel anything. And because I don't feel anything, I think that I am all right. And the one thing about dead people is they actually behave really good. Dead people are the the most behaved people in the world. They are ordered. They are extremely organized. And they're usually very well dressed. Dressing up on Sunday doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just because you can act the act, it just simply qualifies you to be a hypocrite. And Hollywood shouldn't be hiring from Hollywood. They should hire from churches. Because churches have the best actors. Because once we die, spiritually, guess what we don't give up? Physical facade. We can still sing the song. We can still claim that we believe in God. My friend, demons believe in God. And they're still demons and they're still going to hell. And something happens when you spiritually die. And I want to speak to every mom and every parent that has children that are sick or spiritually dying. Be the Martha and be the Mary. Begin to call on Jesus when your kid starts getting sick. Don't wait until your kid comes in and says, I'm going to switch my body gender. Don't wait until your kid comes in and says, Mom, I'm renouncing my faith. If you even notice your kid is coughing, begin to pray. Begin to intercede. Begin to pull down the heavens. Begin to fast and begin to press into the spiritual realm. Begin to go into the battle for your child. Don't wait until they go bananas and crazy. Be like Mary and be like Martha. They said to Jesus, now when Lazarus died, when Lazarus was coughing. Pray for your children. Amen. And something happens when Lazarus died. So he was sick. And this speaks of a state where we become complacent. He was dead. This speaks of a place where we become completely desensitized. We completely, we, we, we don't feel it anymore, honestly. We, and and the, the worst part about it, not only do we not feel it, that we don't care. That is the worst part about spiritually that I, I am so terrified of that state. And for those of you who think that Christians cannot get to that state, a lot of Christians find themselves in that state. The Bible says in the last days, five foolish virgins will wake up and will have no oil. The Bible says in the last days, many will depart from their faith, heeding to deceiving spirits and to the doctrines of demons. We are in danger if we don't treat the symptoms of complacency and lukewarmness. The culture will fill your mind with garbage. Then Today a secular Christianity. A liberal Christianity. That says that God is love. And love is God. If you love it. It makes it right. That twists the twist scripture to fit a sexual perversion. That culture is going to fill you with demons. With demonic doctrines. And then you will dress that up. And not even know that you are lying in a cave. Lying in a graveyard. Of a cultural sewer why because when you're dead you don't resist that stuff you let people clothe you with whatever they want to clothe you the worst part about being dead is not only that you're separated from relationship with god but the fact that the devil begins to bind you because when you're dead he begins to bind you i'm gonna borrow can i borrow a, a young man one of you that is strong young man that's like solid and can endure a lot of pain okay and they will not sue me after this okay praise god all right And this is Texas, but still, I just have to ask. Where I am from, I'm from the communist Washington, and so it's just things are slightly different there. (sighs) What the devil does is that, does anybody have a mask that you are willing to sacrifice? Can can I, are you willing to sacrifice it? All right, all right. Oh, you have a lot of them. COVID is over from what I've heard, but that's that's good that you're carrying this. All right, I want you to put the mask on. This is going to be, This is an example and not that anybody who wears a mask is sick but this is an example of the christian that went sick and is not treating their spiritual state when you let go of yourself spiritually and you stop repenting and you stop drawing closer to the holy spirit and living in holiness and living according to the bible not according to the culture not trying to be popular and not trying to fit in to the culture but to stand out and live as Jesus wants you to live then spiritually you can actually die when you spiritually die something begins to happen the devil doesn't just kill you so what the devil does when he makes you sick and you don't treat that he then spiritually kills your relationship with god now it doesn't mean you're not going to finish your masters it doesn't mean you're not going to get a house but something begins to happen spiritually you become disconnected to god and then he, bind, he binds your hands uh pastor would you move the pulpit just the side? What does that mean when he binds your hands? The Bible says, Lazarus' hands were bound. When your hands are bound, you somehow can't lift them in church. Or you can lift them during traffic to show somebody a finger that you have that seems to stand out. But not during church. It's just like you can't. Not during a football game though. During a football game, both of your hands are up and you're, you're absolutely an enthusiastic fanatic. But in church, you simply can't lift them. Or you can lift them to fight somebody on the street, just not to love and not to help. And the wife has to tell you a million times, take the garbage out. Your hands hands just don't work. Because they're bound. And then the devil not only binds your hands, he binds your feet. Get this message as long as he lives. <laughs> he binds uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. he binds your feet. So that your feet don't walk in the ways of righteousness. So that in case if one day God forbids somehow your mama's prayers get answered and you get raised spiritually. You don't walk. The devil wants to bind your feet. He wants to bind your knees. He wants to bind your hands. And the Bible says, and this is the painful one. His face was also covered. So, so we are going to, huh? Let's leave the eyebrows and the nose and then close his mouth, close your mouth. I warned, we, you all heard he says he's gonna be fine. Yeah, tomorrow we have a healing service. Uh All right. And then I want to I wanna cover his eyes and I want to cover his ears. Some of you are feeling bad for him. I want you to feel bad for yourself. And some of you, I'm just describing what's happening to you. And today God wants to set you free. So make sure that he can uh, have a nose. The devil just will give you a little bit left so that, so that God can have mercy on you. And that's about it. All right. Now so and he makes you like a mummy where you become bound the bible says lazarus was not only sick and lazarus was dead he was in a grave pastor would you help me we're going to put him in the grave we're going to put him down i wanted to kind of like do the whole benny thing but i let's put him in the grave Right. okay thank you okay lie there So while he's in the grave for three days, I just want to speak to you for just a moment about Christians being tormented by demons. All right. He was bound when he was dead. Jesus came and Jesus rose him from the dead and Jesus shouted, he said, Lazarus, come forth first the stone was removed that speaks when you open your heart to the gospel jesus's word will come today and say jose or it will say john or it will say chris come alive the preaching of the gospel will quicken your spirit your spirit will say yes to jesus and something will happen you will become alive spiritually I believe there are people in this room today that this is going to happen to you. Jesus is going to call you out from your grave. Jesus is going to call you out from your complacency. Jesus is going to call you out from whatever that you've been involved in, whatever that you've been dabbling with. And Jesus Christ is gonna give you salvation and he will revive you and he will reconnect you to the Father and he will forgive you of your sins. Can somebody say amen? Can somebody shout amen? But I want you to notice that something that happened with Lazarus is that when Lazarus came alive, Lazarus was not free. Lazarus, when he came alive, and Pastor Chris, let's help Lazarus to come alive right now. Because unfortunately, Lazarus in the Bible was way more stronger than this one. (laughs) Lazarus was alive. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give him just a little bit of, of sight. The scripture says this. That's it. Just just enough, just enough to see his little teary eyes. The scripture says that Lazarus came out, verse forty-three and forty-four. And I want you to follow me. Follow me. This is the life of a Christian who's demonized. Follow me. Some of you are like, I don't believe Christians can have demons. You can believe all you want. But have you seen Christians live like this? Have you ever lived like this yourself in an area of your life? You see in the Bible, Lazarus came out bound. He was alive but bound. This brother is alive but he is bound. When you are bound, something happens with your walk. You can't walk. You have to take these small jumps. And that is how you spiritually live. And if I would ask him to run right now, he will hurt himself. To ask a Christian that is oppressed by the devil to begin to be discipled and make other disciples, they will hurt themselves. That's why the message of Jesus is not only Lazarus come out, but it is loose him and let him go. I believe Jesus Christ is calling the church, not only to save the lost, but also to liberate the captives. Jesus Christ is raising up an army that will not just win souls for Jesus, but drive out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely we receive and freely we will give the Lord is restoring the ministry of deliverance to the church in the last days because the devil has unleashed every demon he had in hell into our generation our movie theaters are packed with witchcraft our TikTok feeds are packed with sorcery our young people today know how to conjure up demons but they don't know where the book of Genesis is and because the devil has raised a Goliath God has anointed a David and that David is the church and that David is you and that David is you mama and that David is you young lady and that David is you young man to go and drive out demons to go and give the devil a black eye to go and cleanse the lepers heal the sick raise the dead and preach the gospel the ministry of deliverance is extremely necessary not only because it shames the devil the Ministry of deliverance because it shows the kingdom of Jesus. But not only because it shames the devil and shows the kingdom of Jesus, it helps people like this to become forever set free. A lot of Christians are, pos- are demonized, are oppressed like this because the stuff they've been involved before they got Christians were never dealt with the widget board was never thrown away the dream catcher was never removed the horoscopes were never unsubscribed the, the, the porn magazine was never canceled because the contract with demons was never renounced and though you said yes to Jesus and though you went through a church membership class and though you get baptized in water and though you got slain in the spirit and though you speak in tongues yet something is restricting your spiritual life and I came here today for from Washington to let you know whom the sun sets free is free indeed Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever Jesus Christ still sets the captives free he still delivers people from witchcraft he still delivers people from spirits of fear anxiety heaviness depression and all kinds of succubus and incubus Jesus is the same can somebody give God some praise Unfortunately, pastor, the church has embraced a world view of Disney, where this life is a vacation. Life on this earth is more like a Normandy beach than a walk in a universal studio. I would rather be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in war. The church has become a cruise ship where everybody seeks to be entertained instead of a warship, where everybody's deployed into war and everybody is engaged in warfare. And we have babysitted Christians and put diapers on them and so they act victims, always waiting for the pastor to give them a word instead of picking up a sword and engaging the enemy, engaging their own emotions and begin to speak to their own soul and walk in the authority that Jesus has given them. Ministry of deliverance is essential in this day and age. I used to think that demons and deliverance is something that was only somewhere in the far remote areas in India, in Africa, in Siberia. It's over there where people don't see the technology, where people don't know the spiritual realm. Somewhere somewhere in the jungles in Africa. But in the last three, four years, something has happened. It's almost like the devil has opened up portals of hell on the american youth upon our young people who go to university and instead of just learning about science they're learning about sorcery instead of just learning about math they are learning how to conjure up spirits and while they come to church the church denies supernatural the pastors are afraid i wish the demons won't manifest in my church why because it would drive away the new people the new people are the ones possessed Who are we trying to please? It's not the new people that will get offended, it's the religious people that will get offended. Let them be offended. The first deliverance Jesus did was not in a nightclub, it was in a synagogue. The first time the demon manifested, it happened right in the church. Because that means that deliverance belongs in the church. Why? Because many people come to Jesus like this. And they come every sunday like this and we say why can't they read the bible why can not they lift their hands in worship why can they sign up and serve why are they still watching porn why are they still struggling with that why because jesus who said lazarus come out he also said lose him yeah. jesus did not tell lazarus to lose himself He told those around Lazarus to lose him. He tells the church to lose people. He tells the church to cast out demons. He tells the church to heal the sick. Now, when it comes to Christians, we as Christians, if we gave an opening to demons before we came to Christ, we have to deal with that. Maybe you came to Jesus and everything is fine. That's awesome. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your neighbor then. But if you came to Jesus, you're serving Jesus, you have attacks in the sleep and somebody sleeps with you in the night and has sex with you, that's not normal. If you came to Jesus and you're hearing voices to blasphemy God all the time, that's not normal. If you came to Jesus and you can watch Netflix six hours straight but six minutes into reading the Bible and you're yawning that's not normal if you came to Jesus and you are afraid There's like a fear that comes upon you, fear of getting sick, fear of driving, fear of elevators, fear of closed spaces, fear of getting married, fear of dying out of cancer. And it's not normal fear, but it's abnormal fear that makes you paralyzed, my friend, that is not normal. And what we do is we go to a therapist and get medication. What we do is we go to a counselor, we go to a doctor. I'm not against doctors. I am not against nurses. I think we need them. And I think that we need counseling. But what we as Christians need to do is first and foremost, we need to know that the physical methods do not fix spiritual roots. Imagine if I would say that this brother, his solution is to sign up to run a marathon. That's what's going to fix his problem. It won't. It won't. I am for discipline. I am for fasting. But if the problem is spiritual, fasting won't help. You have to drive something out. I remember when I was exposed to pornography at the age of about 11 or 12. Mind you, this was in Ukraine where I came from at the age of 13. We moved to the United States and we had no computer. We didn't even have a television. We didn't even have a telephone. Okay, because number one, we were Christian, number two, we were broke. <laughs> the only bad thing that we did was play soccer. And even that one, my God bless his soul, grandpa would come in and he said, let me measure the temperature of the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> and it would take us six months to save money to buy another soccer ball. And I was exposed at a young age, but I don't think that something entered me. I didn't feel it. Thirteen and a half. I'm in the United States. I'm asked to clean The neighbor's um, house to watch his cats this guy had more cats than Abraham has children (laughs) unbelievable amount of cats six months in America I don't speak any English so I was very curious first of all to make some money and secondly to see how American people live so while he left for seven days I examined his whole house I went and I checked I literally everything I even tried to open his safe not because i wanted to break anything i just wanted to see how people live because i'm from ukraine so i just wondered how americans live what's in their basement what's in their kitchen what's in their under their bed and everything and so i opened the closet and i see 250 vhs tapes of porn and and i get this thought which is definitely demonic but i'm thinking at the time it makes sense i'm just gonna check one tape maybe it's like billy graham's crusades I mean, now I'm thinking, I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. (laughs) It was the devil that was thinking through me. So I turned on one tape. Something entered me. I thought it was just the hormones that I experienced. The reason why I knew years down the road that something entered me was because I felt dirty and I made a promise to myself, I will never do this again. Only to come back the same day and watch another tape. Only to come back the next day and watch another one. To the point where I couldn't stop. And my only hope was for the owner to come back and take away the keys. Because I knew I lost control. I wasn't practicing witchcraft. I wasn't doing sorcery. I didn't have horoscopes. And that's what I want to mention to you right now, is what happens. Not every sin opens a door to the enemy. But there are sins, if you don't repent of them quickly enough, you keep playing games, you keep playing games, The enemy will enter in that's why the bible tells us in Ephesians do not give place to the devil the devil does not care that you belong to a pentecostal church the devil is like a fly a fly doesn't fly near your house and says oh that's a pentecostal we don't fly into pentecostal houses The fly doesn't come near your house and say, Oh, you have a sign in the front that says, Jesus is Lord. We will not fly into this person's house. The fly operates under one rule. If there is an opening, that's an invitation. And you say, no, but I did not invite it. You don't have to invite a fly. Just open the window. You don't have to invite a mosquito, just open a door. You don't have to invite a mouse. You don't have to call on them. Don't put a Facebook post say, I invite every mouse in my town to my house. No, just open the door and they will come in. The moment we begin to open doors through witchcraft, through sorcery, through continuous habitual sins, the enemy, I'm not saying every single time, but you will see something begins to enter and a person begins to say this, Something came in. I know something came in. And this is the sign. When you lose control over an area of your life. The devil didn't gain possession of me. I am child of God. I belong to Jesus. My spirit is filled with Jesus. Jesus. But in the area of my mind, in the area of my soul, there were moments where something else took control of me and I could not stop it. It's almost like I was on the back seat and something else was controlling me. And I was in youth ministry. From the age of 13, at the age of 16, I became a youth pastor. But still, the devil didn't care that I got slapped with the title being a youth pastor. How many pastors, how many evangelists, how many fathers and how many mothers today they silently struggle and are simply coming into church if we will strip the spiritual world and we will see how many people are bleeding on the inside. God said to Moses, I heard the cry of my people. God doesn't say, I heard the cry of Egyptians. He heard the cry of his people that are crying in bondage, that are crying in addictions, that are crying in torment, and God says, I have come. deliver them. God is here today. He wants to deliver you. God is here today. He wants to set you free. God is here today. He wants to liberate you. Can somebody say Amen? Amen. If you dumbled in the occult, if you dabbled into witchcraft out of curiosity, out of interest and maybe you simply said, well it looks spiritual. You have a toilet in your house and it has water inside. It does look like water Why don't you drink it? The next time you tell me that you're just gonna put a dream catcher over your bed because it looks spiritual, why don't you go drink your toilet water? You'll be safer drinking toilet water than putting a dream catcher over your bed. Why you don't drink toilet water? Because, well, the place, the stuff that goes into into it, the bacteria, the reason why spirituality without holy scriptures is demonic. Any spirituality that is not grounded in the Holy Scripture is demonic. I don't care how the Hollywood packages it. I don't care how the Hollywood presents it. I don't care how many bishops seek to sign it. It does not matter what the culture says. If it's not grounded in Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Bible, it is demonic. Oh, but what she said was 100% all right. So what? But I felt so good. Well, you'll feel the same if you smoke weed. Oh, but you, you, just, you just don't understand. It's just this law of attraction, this law of manifestation made me millions of dollars. Yes, but you lost your soul. And you're drinking from a toilet. And the reason you don't differentiate is because you're spiritually dead. My dog drinks from a toilet all the time. You know why? Because it's water for him. My dog would love... My human food. He would love to eat from my plate. But I never put dog's food on my plate. The devil does not mind to be your side chick. And for you to cheat on God. Why? Because the devil is a cheater. But God gets jealous when you bring other religions, other demonic practices into your life. When we hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, it opens the door to a demonic. And maybe some of you say, but you don't understand, I have the right to be bitter, I was abused. I remember praying for a young lady who came because she was a lesbian, very known lesbian around town, actually very outspoken lesbian. Parents were Christians, went to church, took her to church, but an uncle sexually abused her, molested her and this continued for some time, she didn't tell anybody. A deep resentment and hate toward men was born. And out of that resentment and hate and out of this pain, she started to fall in love with women. Not because she wanted women. It's because she hated men so much. And she comes to a meeting similar like this. With probably with a little bit more people. And, and the demon starts manifesting like crazy. And the, de- when the demon, was took three days. When the demon was cast out, when she was delivered. And so was the lesbianism. It was gone. And so a lot of people, they experience these demonic attacks is because they've opened themselves through unforgiveness to demonic influences. And I want to encourage you today that if you have unforgiveness, you're bound. That if you have, maybe you have some kind of a spirit of fear or heaviness, God wants to set you free. God wants to liberate you today. Jesus doesn't just want to heal us when we're sick. He wants to raise us from the dead and give us salvation, give us new life. But if we find ourselves bound, whether because of stuff we did before we came to Jesus or the stuff we did out of ignorance, out of just stupidity. And we got ourselves into wrong things that we have to repent of those things. We have to get rid of those objects in our house, get rid of those things out of our phone and begin to be filled with Jesus today and experience the freedom and deliverance in Jesus name. Amen. So at the end, what practically I just want to share with you is this is how Lazarus gets free. First, Lazarus gets alive. This speaks of you getting saved. If you open your heart today, especially if you're a young person today and you're sitting, maybe you watch, you're sitting on the, on the balcony or somewhere you're sitting with a friend and maybe you came, you deconstructed from Christian faith. You just said all oh, this stuff. is just, you know, I don't believe in none of this stuff. Listen to me. I was praying last week for a girl. La- last week was actually Tennessee. A parents brought a girl. BBC News from London was there. Parents bring this girl to, to receive prayer and they ask me to pray for her. And, and I look at the teenager and I'm noticing the teenager is not like super excited to receive prayer. So I asked the teenager, I said, listen, I'm not going to pray for you if you don't want me to pray for you. She said, and, and the mom is like grabbing her hands, like tell him that you want to. And I said, mom, let, let her go. She said, she's I think 18 or something. And I was like, mom, just let her go. Let me talk to your daughter. And I'm like, do you want me to pray for her? To to pray for you she's like yeah yeah pray for me and I was like okay I'll pray for you so we start praying nothing happens the girl is just you know sweet beautiful girl just standing there and stuff maybe a minute into it and I'm passing out to the next person the Spirit of God just gonna ask me to go back Uh, I come back and I start praying and she just goes crazy I mean I've seen a lot of violent stuff but this girl she's like she would tear me to pieces and so I couldn't get the demon out so I I, I stopped the deliverance and I, I talked to her and I said listen I said are you a Christian She's like, oh no. And I was like, you mean you're not a Christian? She's like, no, I don't believe in Jesus. I was like, your demons do. I'm like, your demons, the one that just said they killed, they'll they kill you. And your mom is saying, you tried to slice your wrist and kill yourself. Your demons just said they believe in God. And I was like, your demons will drag you to hell if you don't accept Jesus Christ. I'm like, she's like, you, you have a point? Yeah, okay. Wow, so they believe. And I don't don't do. So my demons know theology even better than me. And I was like, would you like to give your life to Jesus? If not, because I'm like, these demons will kill you. That's exactly what they said. She's like, okay, I'll give my life to Christ. And then the demons came out. And so if if you're sitting here today and you're like, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, the devil does. I'm pretty sure you believe in the devil. I'm going to ask you to surrender your life to Jesus today. I'm going to ask you not to believe some professors who've poisoned your mind, who's on his sixth marriage and who's taking antidepressants and he's telling you what not to believe. Because my friend, he is wrong. The Bible says full set in his heart there is no God. There is a God and he's not just a loving daddy and every religion serves him. He is causing and asking every human being to repent and believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And if you today open... The stone. And you let Jesus' word to come into your soul. He will give you new life. And Lazarus came alive because the stone was removed. And Jesus will give you salvation today. If you open your heart and you say, Jesus, I repent and I believe. But the second thing I want you to notice is that Lazarus, the Bible says, he came out of the tomb. Bound. Which means that you have to make a step forward today. To begin to walk after jesus even if you are struggling even if you are tormented christians say well lad i can't read the bible because it's very hard like these demons don't let me force them i can't go to church i don't feel like going to church drag those demons to church the Bible says, "I will eat in the presence of my enemies." Sometimes you come into church because you're free, and sometimes you come into church to get free. And you never know which worship song, which sermon, and which article God will use to break things off of your life. And the fact that you are here, you already made a step and say, "Lord, today is going to be my day. Today is going to be my day of freedom. Today is going to be my day of deliverance. Today is going to be my..." healing. Today is going to be my new day in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to notice that not only Lazarus that he received he exited the tomb and he he walked. So he first became alive through the word of Jesus. That speaks of salvation. Secondly is is that he he got out of the tomb he started to walk toward Jesus. We said, still walk after God even if it's hard. Even if you don't get full freedom right away. And you get three demons out. And maybe some kind of a thing is still there. Keep on pressing into Jesus. Keep on pressing into Jesus. Keep on pressing into Jesus. Keep on watching sermons. Keep on reading the Bible. Keep on pressing in. Be like Lazarus. Keep on walking. But you also have to leave your tomb. And the tomb represents Relationships. For some people, tomb is the TikTok. Yeah. For some people, tomb is their Instagram. Yeah. For some people, a tomb is their boyfriend. Yeah. For some people, a tomb is a place that they are in that belongs to the dead people. For some people, a tomb is the club on Saturday night, and this is the first Saturday you didn't go there. And you're here maybe today, you're like, man, I miss my homies and my cronies. I miss all the stuff, but we will get wasted. And that is your tomb. God will not go into your tomb to de- deliver you. He will deliver you when you come out of your tomb. Throw away that weed, flash those shrugs, throw away those bottles. Don't say, well, God deliver me from alcohol, then I will destroy Jack Daniels. No, destroy Jack Daniels and say, God, I'm ready for deliverance don't just simply say god deliver me from weed and then i will flush the drugs no flush the drugs come out of the tomb and god will begin to bring hell amen then i want you to notice this jesus did not set lazarus free he sent everyday people to come to lazarus and to set him free which is what's going to happen today it's going to happen every time you come to church God wants to use everyday people to set which will be painful (laughs) if you're taking notes if you're taking notes write this down in your notes. there will be layers and deliverance is not cute sometimes the reason why people don't like the ministry of deliverance because it's not pretty carpets get stained what will the other church think of our church and guess what begins to happen but it's about people being set free and there is a process sometimes there are just layers you get one thing and then What begins to happen what's important what i want to finish on is this is you don't stop when you finally got enough freedom to have a little bit more control because right now we can say well look he's so much better he's no longer addicted to this and no longer addicted to that but he still can't run So the question is not, are you not doing this sin or this sin? The question is, are you fully pursuing Jesus? And if you are not fully pursuing Jesus, my friend, God wants to set you free. Freedom is not so you can feel better. Freedom is so you can love Jesus more. Jesus doesn't set me free so I can sleep at peace, peacefully at night. That's the benefit. The real purpose of freedom is so I can get enough sleep that I can pray next morning. The real purpose of freedom so he can give me dreams at night. Instead of demons tormenting me. Have you noticed that I cut one piece and then after that he's able to do the rest? Some things God will give you. He will deliver you. And some things he'll leave it for you to deliver yourself. Now you take off this thing yourself. And so many people, they come to church. Okay, hold on, hold on just one second. And a lot of times at the altar, God does the major work of getting stuff out. And then He lets the Holy Spirit, the Holy Scriptures, your small group, and other people to go home. And instead of just staying there and saying, Lord, another work, do another work. God says, well, I want you to now work. With what i started i want you to begin to work with what i've started amen amen now i want you to finish this work of deliverance amen, amen. come on somebody testimony time this is your testimony brother you went from being sick to being bound and today You've been delivered. How does it feel? Oh, all right, all right. Somebody's been reading the Bible. Come on, somebody. How do you feel? Freedom. Amen, 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 amen. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you.